this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We took a we didn't we didn't even take a holiday break, did we, Mike? No. Oh, when we, did we, we get a break? <laughs> we when do we take, rest? We didn't take a holiday break, man. Welcome back to Woke Bros. I'm your esteemed, qualified, and very homely guest, Big Waz. <laughs> of course, that voice that you hear way out on the planet of Brooklyn. Is my man Michael Brooks. What's going on, brother? Hey, how you doing, man? Great to be talking with you. Jay Jr., why didn't we get last week off? Rob Lopez. (laughs) I wanted to treat the people with a nice Thanksgiving, you know, little little special treat for them. As a show of appreciation, as thanks. For those and who all subscribe, you know, I got. I got. I'm gonna get a show beef out really fast, and it will transition to plugging the. Oh, my fault! It will plug the pod uh, in uh, the live show in Boston. Uh, I have still not gotten the official invite to be at that show in my fucking home state. Well, you talking about the Boston show? Yeah. Oh, what do you mean official invite? What are you talking about? There is no official, like... There's no official invite. If if a show is in the vicinity of your home, obviously you're already on the bill. That goes without saying. Like, you know, if we were in Alaska, I could maybe understand some kind of formal invite to you, but Boston, come on, that goes without saying. And also, it's November, my boy. (laughs) <laughs> like who are you motherfucking I would say Donald Trump but his schedule seems to be pretty empty uh <laughs> I don't know who are you Warren Buffett <laughs> that yeah. we gotta book you four months yeah. in advance I'm the bro. Warren Buffett of <laughs> communist podcast motherfucker <laughs> exactly uh but yeah man as Mike just alluded to man the Count the Dings live show in Boston by the time you guys are hearing this podcast, because it's live to tape, those tickets will have gone on sale. You guys have seen what happened with L.A., with New York. Uh, these shows sold out very quickly. I would expect much of the same for Boston. So don't be left out in the cold. This is in and around the Sloan Analytics Conference that, you know, the annual Dorkapalooza, as the, the great ben, Bill Simmons once coined it. Uh, so, you know, all your favorite NBA luminaries will be there. That's front office people. That's coaches, former and current. That's, uh, media people. 
uh, straight up just quants who don't even work in the NBA, who just like publish papers about uh, basketball analytics, like all of those types of people will be in Boston during that weekend. So you, you know, you never know who might pop into the counter ding show. The last time, you know, we had guys such as, of course, the aforementioned co-host Michael Brooks, Bomani Jones, Pablo Torre, you know, guys on TV every single day. John Hollinger. John Hollinger, the lovely Taylor Rooks. Blessed us with a panel. I mean, you never really know who's going to pop up to these things, man. So you guys want to get your tickets as soon as possible. And please ignore my dog in the background. He's very greedy and wants some food right now. Michael, tell him about the TMBS show. First, Michael Brooks show, live show. These tickets, man, really, they're moving fast. And what the um, what uh, Tristan had told me was that, you know, like, like basically like it's it's a little they're 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 on they aren't exactly slowing down at the time you'd expect them to slow down so i'd get them quick uh february 1st the whole tmbs me matt david and then we've got special guests trevor bolyu alona minkowski bashkar sunkara there's going to be audience participation there's going to be an obama impression contest We'll want to see you out there. We've already heard from some some uh, woke bros people that have bought their February 1st Bell House live show TMBS tickets. I'm excited, man. Also, I'm, I don't need to plug it, but there's going to be a, a Majority Report live show that we're doing in January, which I actually didn't even know about until recently. But, you know, no, it's obviously crazy. very important that we outsell that shit. So, so get so, it. So there you, <laughs> there you have it. Uh First order of business, we got to get into what, what prison are we up to? 45 or 46? I'm, I'm bad at math, y'all. I, like I can't four, remember. I don't know. Is he 46? Man? I don't know. To be he's honest. 46, 45 with an asterisk. Um, you know. <laughs> there you go. The freaking troops that he sent down to the border because the caravan was coming to rape and pillage and kill all of us, Mike. I don't know if you knew that. All of uh, me. <laughs> right. <laughs> As in white people. <laughs> right, 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 right. White people shaking hands. He had all those white people who, by the way, it didn't matter if they lived in Wyoming. They were convinced that the caravan was coming to, to kill him. I'm telling you, Fox News could be criminally or uh, like legally liable for the, the strokes, heart attacks. <laughs> Like emotional conditions that these crazy old people watching that nonsense all day. It's bad for your health. Right. And so these people, they finally got to the border and the troops, uh, you know, fired tear gas in their direction. You know, just regular stuff. Regular was good old Was it the actual military or was it like the usual border? Uh, I think it was the border agency. guys. The, the, it was the, the border. Guys. I don't think the troops actually were doing anything specifically other than testing out American fascism and having their time wasted by being there. But yeah, they, they shot up a caravan of tear, uh, with tear gas. Uh, we saw, of course, women with children and diapers, but as the, you know, what they really pivoted too hard was like, you know, there's a lot of men in this caravan. So apparently, I don't know, Tear gassing guys who are looking for fucking jobs is cool. Um, yeah. Look, 
I just want to say real quick, we, we sometimes we debate whether or not you use the word fascism with regards to talking about the Republican Party. And I'll just say this. If you look at the history of those governments, you'll find a combination of fake bullshit crisis yep. that almost always targets and focuses on a minority and then an actual act of barbarism. So here's a crisis that's totally made up, doesn't mean shit, doesn't have any impact on anybody's lives. And they actually showed up and tear gassed and you know, savagely attacked these people, including little children. And of course, little children have already been abused and destroyed through the family separation policy. And, you know, I feel like it is what it is. Let's use that word. Yeah. And, and the thing is, it's it's in lockstep with the messaging, right? It's this yep. idea of like, I'm tough on immigration. I'm going to build a border wall. I'm going to get them to pay for it. Like all of that tough talk is the stuff that Got him elected, man. Like, honestly, it's not that he would actually do it, that he was talking that tough, right? And now he can use this stuff as a way to be like, look, I'm backing it up. Mind you, uh, any credible, objective study of this stuff has shown that illegal immigration has flattened. And yep. that, like, not more people are crossing the border without their papers. Um, not, like... There isn't this huge influx of people coming in here. It's just simply not the case. It's a made up. Uh, it's a made up context. A made up crisis. A ma it's just made up. It's just meant to literally whip people into a frenzy. And you know, stuff like this is just. It's the worst kind of window dressing, right? It's the worst kind of signaling that you can do. It's disgusting. It's racist. But this is how he got here. Um, but, you know, honestly, what's more interesting to me and Rob has in the notes about Sarah Huckabee, Huckabee Sanders uh, saying that the Obama administration used tear gas once a month at the borders. Certainly, um, the White House would never want children to be in harm's way in any capacity whatsoever. Um, However, that is why we are continuing to encourage people to follow the law and go to ports of entry. Uh, law enforcement officials have used appropriate non-lethal force to protect themselves and prevent an illegal rush across the border. And let's also not forget that this isn't the first time uh, that non-lethal force like this has been used. In fact, tear gas was used on average once a month during the Obama administration for very similar circumstances. Um, in fact, they were actually for far less circumstances because they didn't have uh, the same numbers in the mass rush that we're seeing in this caravan take place. Um, certainly no one wants women uh, or children or any individuals to have this happen, which is why we've encouraged them to actually follow the law and go to ports of entry. Never mind the validity of that statement because, and, and we can't overstate this, Michael, they, there are lies coming out of the White House every single day. Every single, like, hour. Hour. I mean, I mean, <laughs> like, yeah. It's no Maybe minute. It's, so there's no point in even like getting into the, the validity or the veracity of the claim by this woman. Like that's that's kind of a waste of our time. What I what I thought was interesting though, when the Republicans talk about the hypocrisy, and you know, there's a scintilla of truth to it. And and I know you and I have talked about Obama being the the uh the porter in chief back when he was president. 
And, you know, the, the tactic was political as well, right? Like, what Trump is doing is political in the sense that he's rallying up the very people who love him the most. When Barry was doing this, it was as, like, some sort of show of good faith, an olive branch to the party of Barry Goldwater and Sarah Palin. Like, yo, here's some good faith about, like, yo— Let's stabilize this immigration situation. Let's come together and, like, actually have a policy for what we want to do with these folks. And in the meantime, people who aren't coming here legally, like, we're going to get them out of here because we're trying to situate, you know, the proper way to handle all of this stuff or uh, an agreed-upon way. Fuck proper. Like, because to me, it's just like, you know— Places like Wyoming with 200,000 people send two senators to 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 the goddamn United States Senate. I mean, why not have a few extra thousand South Americans in there? I, but that's just me. Yeah, you know, no, I mean, look, you know what it is? No, you're—yeah, I mean, look, you're 100% right. I don't have anything to add to that. I just want to say, too, like, as we chart and navigate a position on immigration that really makes sense, and to me, like— you know, I am somebody who's interested in uh, a, a much more, you know, a world where people can be as mobile as capitals mobile, that there's workers and labor supporting each other across uh, national boundaries because they need to dealing with companies like Amazon and international trade agreements, which favor corporations over workers. But I also th- and so I'm interested in ideas actually like you know, what would the type of like an EU open borders policy for the Americas and the Caribbean? That's incredibly exciting to me and interesting. Yep. It could have a major benefit on people's lives. But I think the thing that people got to understand is that no doubt that, you know, Obama did plenty of things. And Bill Clinton signed atrocious immigration legislation, which we're still dealing with. But the fundamental difference is that Obama wrongly thought, like you were saying, that, okay, I'll triangulate and I'll prove to them that I'm No, I'm serious. I want to handle this situation. Yeah, all of that bullshit. And (laughs) and it leads to – and so – and what Trump and the Republicans are doing is trying to literally design an ethnostate white electorate so they can keep getting elected because, as we always say, oligarchy and white identity politics, the Republican Party – but they're both wrong, but they're fundamentally different things and different yeah. magnitudes of threat. The second point I do want to say, though, is that the thing is, is that the other reason, in addition to it being morally and strategically wrong, what Obama did is it's like these people are going to say that Obama and the Democrats or whoever is a socialist open borders proponent no matter what. So what I keep saying on my show and elsewhere, it's like, well, you know, they keep saying I'm Castro. Guess what? I am Castro. But even even short of that, like this idea, like it's it's all just brand signifying to people. Reality's got nothing to do with it. So if you're on the center left – you got to be thinking about a serious pro-immigrant, pro-labor policy, including ones that are radical, because they're going to say you're doing it anyways. It doesn't make any difference. Okay, I have a question for you, Michael. What is the Democratic Party's position on immigration? For example, right, like we kind of know, it, it, like healthcare, as I mentioned earlier, 
It's either single payer, it's Medicare for all. It's a more liberal, progressive version of whatever Obamacare is. Like we we got that situated. Like we know what the Democratic Party kind of stands for on on healthcare. It's not it's completely unified, but we know we want to be more progressive on healthcare than we already are. What, what the fuck is the Democratic Party's position on immigration? To the extent they have one, and what's super ironic. It's, is that it's where most Americans are, and I'm sure way more conservative than what you or I would support. Like, Democrats across the board have supported militarizing the border. They've invested in fences, which are the precursors to the wall. That goes back to George Bush. They signed legislation in that can deport you know, people who were even born here, who are like naturalized, they commit yep. even a relatively minor crime. The big difference, as far as I could see, is things like the Dreamers. That's obviously a big deal. And a, path, and a path to citizenship. But even yep. there, like, I'm not, not enough. Interested. I would say just have amnesty. Like, I don't know why it needs to be a big, complicated path. The reality is, is that there's, you know, tens of millions of people. I think it's an estimate like 20 million people who are living here and working and contributing and part of the society. And it would be insane, immoral, stupid, counter to tell them to leave wrong to tell them. So just give them their paperwork and keep it moving. The Democrats policies are a combination of what most people, if you poll, actually say they support and well to the right of where a more kind of like, you know, and again, I'm not I understand. I mean, maybe in my utopian world, there are no borders. I understand there's going to be borders for the time being, of course, but they can be greatly demilitarized, greatly relaxed. Uh, and going back to the 90s, uh, you know, the Clinton administration and others, they, they ignored all of their obligations in terms of refugee status and, th and, and refugees. Uh, they were being put into detention centers uh, going even back to the 90s. And I, and I also think, you know, the other thing as far as I'm concerned is, is also that we got to start also, I think, having a conversation that makes a few more distinctions. Like, you know, you're an economic migrant at the Mexican border is different than you have an H-1 visa to work in Silicon Valley is different than you're fleeing Syria. And I'm not saying like all of these people should be treated well and humanely, uh, but those are, they shouldn't all just be blocked as one thing. I think we got to think a little bit more, you know, subtly about it. Did we lose Mike? Uh, no, I I just finished my. Oh, thing. you just. Oh, okay, my bad. Sorry, it just seemed like you ended abruptly. All right, that's yeah, man. Um, you know, I just when when I when when I hear the Trump story and then I hear them talking about. Uh, the hypocrisy of the lib, the libtards. They loved it when Obama's just like, actually, like, nobody loved anything. And it was reported, but those kinds of stories don't get people riled up. It was reported and stuff like The Intercept and shit like that. Like, everybody, like, this stuff wasn't a secret. Uh, but, you know, I just thought about, like, every time I think about some of the dumbest shit Barry did, it always was sucking up to these blood-sucking Republicans. Like, treating them as credible partners, credible, 
you know, uh, colleagues, like, as people who deserve any measure of a benefit of a doubt. And it grinds my gears every time, even two years after he's left office. Pelosi winning back the speakership which you know nobody seriously thought seriously thought that she was in danger of losing for the simple fact that the people who were mounting what you could call what I would call a very feeble weak toothless challenge were the no labels quote unquote get stuff done caucus of the, the party <laughs> Like, out of here. Like, and you and you know, for the listeners to get people to understand, like, the right wing, um, the right wing of the Democratic Party, a bunch of the white, the white men caucus, as people on Twitter were calling them, uh, they were trying to basically, they were trying to walk a tightrope, right? Form a coalition between, I guess, who they perceived to be reasonable Republicans. Which, by the way, like these people don't fucking exist anymore, and the the newly empowered and um you know the newly energetic left wing of the Democratic Party, right? Like the Ocasio Cortezes of the world, right? They were trying to unite these two separate factions with their loser faction to try to get Nancy Pelosi out of here. And to their credit, man, I got to show love, man, to our new Congress critters, man. They they saw the bait and they were like, they just smacked it out of their hands. Like, get the fuck out of here, bro. Are you out of your mind? Let me just say real quick, I want to just call back to something else when you said everything you didn't like Barry did was reaching out to those bloodsuckers. And I just want to be like, uh, so says Waz. Whose boss is a devil <laughs> who, who fornicates, consorts, conspires, has a paycheck dependent on those very same bloodsuckers. <laughs> Big words from a white compromise. <laughs> you don't know your nature, Doug. You don't know your nature, brother. Oh, man. But yeah, those where did the checkbook come from? You know, uh that's a that's a great question. Uh you gotta, but you wouldn't know that because you're talking with Jade about JFK. Bob <laughs> <laughs> Lopez, the yellow man, wants to follow in Jade's footsteps. Devil encased. All right. Um, yeah, man, I I agree with what you said, although I think it's really complicated because Nancy Pelosi's trash too. She's not great. I mean, she's been talking about basically implementing PAYGO, which if it went forward, which is an incredibly hard right conservative budgetary rule, would essentially preclude the entire, even just center left agenda, getting Medicare for everybody, universal college, and other things we need to talk about, like student debt relief infrastructure, not to mention all the work that needs to go into, you know, transitioning the energy economy so we stop murdering ourselves and the planet with fossil fuels. Like, there's a lot of things that we need to get done that are both 
you know, the right and necessary things to do. I think that obviously her, the prime attack against her came from these people that are just the worst, most fucking brain dead corporate 1990s trash on earth. And the progressives and the democratic socialists like Ocasio-Cortez calculated that she was better than the alternatives, which she is. And by the way, if people want to focus all of their energy, like they're both bad, but Chuck Schumer's infinitely worse than her. He's terrible morally, politically, strategically, and tactically. But both of these people long-term, both in terms of like the real agenda we need, um, as well as knowing what they're dealing with in terms of the Republicans and Trump, they're just not here. They're living in a different time. Uh, but I'm glad that, you know, the right wing project to get at her failed, although I was very disappointed to see Hakeem Jeffries beat Barbara Lee um, in her uh, bid to be in the Democratic leadership team. You know, Barbara Lee is, I mean, she's a veteran congresswoman, but she's one of the best people in Congress. She has an amazing record. She was the only single member of Congress to not vote to give George Bush unlimited war power after September 11th. Right. She's all been on the case as far as uh, withdrawing, actually, the war powers under the AUMF so that we can you know, pull back from all of these imperial incursions and drone policies. She's, you know, healthcare, all of the issues. She's been frequently talked about uh, what's happening in Brazil. Uh, and she's a, not only is she a real progressive, though, as I say, though, she's also been there for quite some time and is highly respected. And to have it go to Akeem Jeffries, who's a relatively new, big supporter of charter schools, tight with Cuomo, all sorts of Wall Street money, uh, anything Israel wants to do whenever, wherever, that's very disappointing. That is a bad signal. It's disappointing, but, you know, to me, all that means is that she got outmaneuvered, right, by Pelosi. And this, to me, that's her only redeeming quality. And, you know, and people can say what they want. The only two years that we had power, like, they got a bunch of shit done, right? And, and you know, the contrast between the two parties is that, like, Republicans essentially have everything they want already as far as, like, the actual establishment of the party, right? The Paul Ryan types, the McConnell types. It's like they've deregulated everything already. You know, like, the, cor the corporations get the biggest tax breaks that they could pop. Like, they don't actually want anything. So you see them in power— you know, for two years, and they can't get shit done. They got the tax cut done. Yeah, and the that was tax cut's huge. I mean, that that is a massive giveaway. Like, no, of course it's huge, but again, like that's all they got done. But you know, and again, it's the nature of their party, right? Like, they don't really want to get anything done. That like all of this shit they want, they've already gotten. No, the next no, the next play they got, man, is they're gonna use the deficit that they jacked up by giving rich people and corporations all this money, even as we're about to head into another recession, to go after Medicare and Social Security, which is the next shit they want to do. And I think, and I, so I mean, I hear what you're saying in terms of like, you know, obviously they've accomplished so much that of course they bicker amongst themselves and all the rest totally, but. They're in a really big strategic, you know, position right now. And I just think in general, like, 
The other problem with Democrats in general is that they're, I mean, just structurally, everybody's compromised by business. And so Democrats, even when they get a lot done, because it's so piecemeal and it's not strategic, it can get undone quickly. And, you know, I got to say, like, you look at, you know, Brazil, which I know I care about a lot, but I just, as point of reference, like, when Lula was president, 40 million people get out of poverty. There's massive investments across the board, and everybody gets richer because there's an economy, there's a commodity boom, and the Workers' Party manages the economy in a way that the markets like. So everybody's getting richer. And they didn't touch, you know, the media monopolies. They didn't touch the oligarchs. You know, really very similar to the United States, except way more impressive and way better than the Democrats in terms of doing better things for people. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And they get empowered. The right, they can't even deal with that. <laughs> like, they can't even deal with the situation where they're getting richer. They need to consolidate. Now Lula is a political prisoner. Now they have a literal fascist in office. And part of the reason is, is because the Workers' Party didn't do it in such a way that charted to like take the right wings pieces off of the field. So I think the Democrats, to me, when I think about being progressive and strategic, it's not just like, cause it's what I want. And it's cause I think it's moral. It's because I think it'll be more durable, more long-term and it'll help us actually beat these motherfuckers. Yeah. And I get all of that, but the idea that the progressive wing of the party was just going to be able to come in and elbow everybody out. is just not how this shit works. Just politically, like you know, I, I agree with you, but dude, Hakeem Jeffries is just in. Barbara Lee's there for decades. It's not as it's there's a structural disadvantage people got to deal with. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's fair. That's all I'm saying. I, I mean, I agree with you. It's not going to happen. Like, <laughs> the, any, the, what no, I, it's, it, it's a long term process, no question. But we also got to be real about where we're at in the process. <laughs> Yeah, but again, like, even somebody like Hakeem Jeffries is, like, that's just a political maneuver, right? Like, Pelosi can come out and say, what are you talking about? I just empowered a young black man. Like, that's, like, it's really that simple, right? It's like, what do you guys want? You guys said I should be grooming a replacement. You guys said, you guys said the part, the energy of the party is in minorities, is in younger people. It's not these old retreads. And so she's, so she goes, okay, here, boom, right? <laughs> like, even with that, you know, it's very Mitch McConnell of her, no doubt. You know what I'm saying? But I get it. Just intuitively, I understand what she's trying to do there. And at the same time, man, to watch the progressive, a couple of people from the progressive wing cut deals to get committee seats, cut deals to get shit that they- really good. That's a great thing, Matt. You know what I'm saying? Cut deals to get shit that they they like to push to the front. I like that. You know what I'm saying? Because it shows a certain level of savvy um, there, which eventually, you know, put you in a good position. They needed to start getting serious. That was a thing. There was a piece in The Intercept about how progressives needed to start getting on things like the Ways and Means Committee, which sounds sexy, but literally are the committees that write the bill on anything you want. You write a great bill that gets rid of student loan debt, gives free college, whatever, it's gonna get marked through ways and means. And so progressives were not on those key committees partially. And and you know, there's another good point. There's like, I think two thirds more 
uh, progressive members of the House than there were Freedom Party caucus. So where the fuck is their power? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, as as you know, as you know, you don't have to have a plurality of <laughs> white right. supremacists supporting you to get white supremacist shit through, right? Yep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, just just look at our president. If you want to say he has a solid 35% of the country, like, that's just straight up will not leave his side, that's all it takes. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so Freedom Caucus doesn't need to be, uh, you know— ascendant to, to to start killing people. They don't need all of that shit. They're in a position where 35% get shit moving, you know. But, you know, again, like the Pelosi thing, it is what it is. I hate this. I hate to sound like that, but like she's she's really good at this. She's really good at whipping up votes. Like she's just really fucking good at it. She comes from a political family. She understands how the machinations and the mechanisms of this shit works. And so she was able to, first of all, and again, part of part of the, the bitching and moaning is like, even if you say you got some support, who is going to challenge her? And how? This time around, anyway. Right? Like, there just was no room for any of that. And again, I'm just more so happy that, you know, we got people in Congress, new people, new energy, who could see bullshit from a mile away and also figure out how to maneuver themselves where Ocasio-Cortez, she goes, she's, you know, protesting Nancy Pelosi's office. But then afterwards was like, no, I was there to tell her that we got her back. Yeah. <laughs> you know That's what I'm exactly saying? how she said she'd play it. That's you know what I'm saying? I love it. I love it. I, I'm looking at the silver lining in it all. Of course, Hakeem Jeffries, you know, charter school charter school people are some of the worst, the worst motherfuckers out there. But at the same time, man, you know, this is just how the sausage gets made, guys. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's, you know, look, there's a delicate balance between you got to be a realist. You got to be strategic. And then at the same time, you also got to be committed to redefining the playing field. Cause if you don't, we're going to lose. Um, and that's like, you know, across the board. The one thing I, I want to say real quick though, that I will give them props on the fact that a uh, national voting rights bill is the first thing that they're pushing. That's both, you know, that's perfect in my kind of metric of moral and strategic. And you got to add that Puerto Rican, Guam, D.C. statehood, voting rights, right thing to do, major advantage in the long term for the Democratic Party. All of that needs to be in the mix. Lastly, man, I wanted to save the best for last, man. And look, man, this is not the type of show that makes fun of people for dying. Damn, if this Jesus freak homie who died <laughs> on that remote village in India, man, trying to quote-unquote civilize the savages and convert them to Christianity. Like... <laughs> <laughs> 
this is a this is a group of people, indigenous people, Aboriginal people, who are protected by the Indian government, protected by international law, right? Like these people have decided they wanted to be secluded, to be isolated. It's actually very dangerous to their health and well-being to be exposed to Westerners because of all the shit that we got on us. And this motherfucker thought he got a message from God to go give these people Christianity because they needed him. <laughs> and then they killed his ass. <laughs> Sending them home two times already before that? Man, 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 those people who believe in karma, they got a case to be made, bro. Ain't and no karma about it. It's divine justice. <laughs> um, before you guys go into more, can you give a little background on, on situation here for those who might not be too informed? All right, let me, let me pull up this Washington Post column, man. This this brother's this brother's name was John Allen. Allen like, can't we just get to the dessert? The killed missionary. Why do I have to give context? His brother's name was John Allen Chow. Uh, you know, he joined one of these missionary groups. He's what you would call what do they call them? Thrill seekers, adventurers, backpackers, type of cats that go to Mongolia and shit and just like live in the jungle for three weeks just for the fun of it. Um, for, he heard about this, this, uh, this, uh, isolated group of people, this isolated tribe, if you will. And he just became completely obsessed with finding them and giving them the word of Jesus Christ. Mind you, uh, (laughs) emphasis on Jesus Christ. I mean, during the, uh, India had a natural, uh, a natural disaster some years ago, some helicopters flew over the village to try to, I don't know, maybe do some reconnaissance, like see if they can help or save people. They chuck spears and and, and bow and arrows at these motherfuckers. Yeah, they want to be left alone. They, they want to be respected, want, man. They don't want any of this stuff. And it's an incredible, like I got to say, in a world where indigenous people are still subject to colonial treatment and abusive treatment by corporations, by governments at every corner of the globe. People get kicked off their land so that we can steal their minerals or their forest or whatever. That happens all the time. The fact that whatever arrangement has been in place to actually leave these people alone is amazing. Right. And this guy thought he got a message from God that he he had to change that. He but- had to- Jump over those rules. You know, and you know, and most people who have, you know, followed my work or whatever throughout the years know that I'm an atheist. I'm not agnostic. I don't not know, blah, 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 blah. I'm straight up atheist. I don't do any of this stuff. I don't, you know, I don't want to get my black Bill Maher on and start ridiculing Christians and calling you stupid and all kinds oh, of shit. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That would be a great, like, like, I'm an atheist, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yo, Black Bill Maher, atheist in your ass, boy. Yeah, yeah. No, no, but with like that, thing, like that bitchy Bill Maher, like, hey, yo, I'm an atheist, okay? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not yeah, even like. And uh, you know, because I remember watching Sports Center, people are glorifying Tim Tebow because he's going to the Philippines on his mission. Like that shit is all stupid to me. I'm sorry, bro. At the especially when it comes to. Because I'm black and most of the people I know 
are Christian. Like, like it's just a fact. Like, most black people are Christian. And guess who handed down Christianity, y'all asses? Your slavers did. Because they loved you so damn much. <laughs> truth. Truth. He's speaking. Now we got. Now we hear the truth. Now, now young brother works for Jade wants to talk about the white man's religion. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just one of those things that are just, just the concept of missionaries that like people you don't know shit about, man. Minding I mean, their I'm own an, business. I'm, ag- I'm agnostic. I am agnostic, but I will just say I think missionary activity is one of the most obnoxious things on earth. Yep. It has one of the, as you, I mean, I don't even, you already said it as it's connected with every social, political, economic ill known to humanity. And I mean, I remember when I first heard this story over the break, I definitely laughed. And I was like, that's pretty funny. And I'm not it's like, okay, I'll pull back. Like, I'm not, I don't wish death on the man, but. Uh, and not not even a but. I don't wish death. I'm not happy about that full stop. But if there could be any upshot from this, like maybe whether you're Christian or Muslim or any other proselytizing religion, let people be. Just stop. Like it's it's funny because even though because especially for me because I am around you know like atheists all the time, and you're actually like. I don't consider you to be like this. Like, you know, I don't think you actually are like Bill Maher. And I kind of don't, like, I, I get fed up. I don't with, understand the need to be like Bill Maher, honestly. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not trying, I'm not interested. Because to me, he's doing the atheist missionary work. Yeah, which no, is exactly, exactly, you know exactly, exactly. And I'm not trying to disrespect people for their religious beliefs or whatever. But I have to say, like, by that same token, like, it's funny that, like, I remember one time, being in a in a cab in Manhattan, I was leaving a party or some something like yeah, a party something like very late at night, going back to Brooklyn, probably you know I don't know three o'clock in the morning. It was freezing, right? Like January, February freezing, you know, under twenty degrees, and the dude in the cab, very nice guy, whatever, but he started to like. You know, and he's Muslim. That's cool. We were chatting a little bit. I do the Thomas Friedman shit. I talk to drivers at times, especially <laughs> if they're from Pakistan or something, right? But because I want to know, maybe they have something interesting to say. It could help me talk about something better. I, I will totally do that. But he was actually trying to get me to to embrace Islam. And it's not because it's Islam. It's just that that activity is so obnoxious to me. It's an imperialist instinct. Dude, that's exactly what it is. And I politely, you know, like I didn't make a scene or anything. I gave him money, but I stepped out of the car halfway in my journey to get another one because I didn't want to hear it. It's so fucking obnoxious. It's yep. so obnoxious. Don't do it. Yes, and anybody, let alone an isolated tribe that you could, by the way, kill with your fucking germs. Yep. Well, there you have it. Um, My God compels me to be an egotistical maniac. Right. So I'm going to sign off this show by 
Plug in the Michael Brooks show, man. Make sure you guys are checking out the Michael Brooks show. Patreon.com backslash TMBS. This motherfucker got so much content, so much compelling content. You know, it's rare that you consume some media and actually get smarter. But I think Michael Brooks actually does that on a consistent basis. And I don't say that because he's my friend. I say that because it's true. Appreciate that. Thank you. Of course, man. Of Thank course. You. Now, of course, make sure you guys all subscribe and you rate the Daily Ding, our Daily NBA recap show. Back to back, the mothership with the basketball buds, Nerdishy wrote in the mailbag. Of course, if you're listening to this, just subscribe to the Black Opinions Matter feed. We had the great Man, why am I drawing a blank on this homie's name? What was his name again, Rob, that we had on Sunday? Anthony Morrow, former Anthony NBA Morrow. player. My bad, Anthony Morrow, man. Uh, former NBA player. Hilarious dude. He had some great stories for us, man. Showing some light on, on the KD and Russ situation, man. Talked about some of his new endeavors now that he's not playing anymore. He's just a fun guy to talk to. Very compelling stuff. People who heard it have given us amazing feedback. Of course, there's the House of Strauss with Ethan Sherwood with Strauss, the Warriors Wednesdays, of course. And then the Interceptable, which is our NFL pod. Even though it's fucked the NFL and Roger Goodell and anybody who <laughs> loves him. But That's we do true. have an NFL podcast with the great um, Kian Fahey and, of course, Count the Ding Zone, Zach Harper. And, of course, if you want to, you know, show us love, we could always use the support. Always shout out our own Patreons, man. Patreon.com backslash Count the Dings. We give you extra content because the free shit is pretty dope, too. Anything else, Rob, Mike? Uh, give uh, give uh, Write the Bomb feed a review. So more people can see the pod. Yes, please, please review us, review us, review us, man. A glowing review. Do not give us a whack review. Oh, no, no, no. Only five you. stars and you talk about how great everybody is. Yes. Stop that. Don't fuck, don't fuck around. Keep your words to yourself. They're not positive. Yes, next week we got a really dope guest. We've already locked this person in. I'm really excited to talk to this person. I think you guys are going to love that conversation. So uh, see you guys next week. We out. Thanks guys. Thanks guys. Thanks Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. 
Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs>